Hi, friends. Merry Christmas. It's day seven of the 12 days of Christmas here at That Sounds Fun. It's our third Sunday of Advent this year. My name is Annie F. Downs, and I'm the host of this little Christmas party, and I'm happy to celebrate Christmas and Advent with you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed yesterday's full episode about Enneagram and Enneagram gifting with Drew Mosier. Be sure to go back and listen to that one if you missed it. Hey, the music in the background is from our good friends, Rend Collective, their new Christmas album, A Jolly Irish Christmas. Volume two is so good. I hope you'll get a copy for yourself. Just a reminder, my new book, That Sounds Fun, is available for pre-order everywhere you love to buy books. And as a thank you for your pre-order, you receive a copy of the audiobook for free. Just submit your receipt at thatsoundsfunbook.com and redeem it for your free audiobook read by me. And I only cried twice. Thank you very much. No waiting till the book comes out in February. You get it now, plus three bonus podcast interviews at the end of the audiobook that won't be heard anywhere else. And remember that the first 3,000 friends who purchase books from Barnes & Noble will get an autographed copy. Before we dive into today's conversation, let me take just a minute and tell you about our amazing partners, CauseBox. Y'all have heard me talk about them before. I love them so much. There are a lot of different subscription boxes out there, but here is why I love CauseBox. Every single product and brand in CauseBox has a positive mission to give back and make the world better. I know that we're all looking to be thoughtful in our buying habits, and I love that CauseBox is making that possible. They recently launched their new winter box, and I got mine in the mail, y'all. It comes with over $275 worth of sustainably made, beautiful, and useful products, all for less than $50. My favorite product in the winter Cosbox is the Cozy Cloud Wrap. Do you love the name already? It's custom made for Cosbox, so you can't get it anywhere else. And not only does it look and feel amazing, y'all, it's like a beautiful winter kimono. But it's made from post-consumer plastic bottles. How do they do that? So I know I can feel good while I'm wearing it, while I'm feeling good. You know what I mean? This wrap is valued at $115 on its own, but my box also came with these gorgeous thick gold hoop earrings, a travel beauty pillowcase, some facial toner, reusable silicone baking sheets, making all my hashtag food blogger dreams come true, and a ton of other great products. It's crazy how much you can get for less than $50 a box, and they are all brands, and products you can feel good about using. One of the best parts of subscribing was just getting my CauseBox in the mail. They ship it right to your door for free, and opening it was like opening a huge bundle of gifts. Join the movement of individuals who care about the brands they support and the products they use. You can subscribe for yourself or for someone that you love. Go check out CauseBox before their winter box sells out at causebox.com slash that sounds fun, and use my code FUN20 to get 20% off your first box. Again, that's causebox.com slash that sounds fun and the code fun two zero to get 20% off your first box. I think you're going to love it. Our guest today on the third Sunday of Advent is Pastor Kevin Queen. You know him, you love him. You've heard him before on episode 48, where he tells the story of how he and his family moved to Nashville. It's amazing. And during the Christmas party last year on 2019 Christmas party day 10, around here we like to call him the pastor of the pod, but he's also the pastor of my home church here in Nashville Cross Point. And I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Maybe I tear up in the first three minutes, friends. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, here's my conversation with Pastor Kevin Quinn. Okay, Pastor of the Pod. Annie. You're here. Good to be so here. So sorry yeah. we had to start over by like four minutes. Okay. Okay, we were just explaining that we used, we were talking about how we don't share offices anymore because y'all don't even have offices. Yeah, so we lost our offices back in uh, is it the beginning of March third, yeah. and uh, 2020. There was a tornado that ripped through the city, and man, there was a lot of collateral damage, and it was you know, it's such a tough time for the city. But to see the city come together, but part of the yeah. collateral damage of that was uh, was our building. So we lost our offices and uh, and our kids' space, our Nashville campus, and we've worked to. I mean, we've got a great team working on it, but we've worked to rebuild the auditorium, but still it's going to be a while before we have uh, offices again. And you were starting to answer this question when I didn't have your microphone turned on. Now that I do, one of the things I have wrestled with the most with the tornado, and why might I feel like crying and saying this? When we were just talking about it, I'm fine, is we had just prayed for 30 days for revival in Nashville, and then a tornado destroys our building. What is that about? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, No, I... (laughs) 
I, I've got I've got more questions than answers, but I can I can tell you what I know that God wants to do, and uh, and I believe that He's doing it, and He's going to is to pour out His pour out His Spirit on this city, that that people's hearts would be awakened, and unless somebody knows their need for God, uh-huh. you know, I I don't know that they reach out to Him. So I think there's just there's a lot of need right now, yeah. a lot of neediness. So I got to believe that somehow this is connected to that. Yeah. Um, God's just not answering the prayers as fast as I thought he would <laughs> and how I thought as he would direct, do it. I know. As directly. As directly. I like, know. Well, if this is what we're praying for, God. <laughs> you know, but there are times when you're when you're just, you're like, I prayed for the thing and God doesn't do the thing how you thought he was going to do the thing. And it means that it's probably going to take longer. And it's just like, no, we continue to contend. You know, it's like Jesus, it's like the, the words that he gave his disciples. And he's like, watch and pray. Like, just yeah. don't give don't give up watching and don't give up praying. Yeah, Yeah. that's, I mean, that is the, last week I posted a scripture for the first Sunday of Advent, Mm. and it's from Micah, and it says, my God will hear me. And one of our friends in the comments said, I just wish I believed he heard me. Mm. And and I get how people get there Mm. of going like, wait, we prayed for revival for 30 days and then our building got destroyed? Mm -hmm. Like, or these people have been praying for these same things, and and it doesn't look like God's done anything. And so it can feel like, does he even, like, is my mom even hear me when I keep asking her to make me a sandwich or no? Mm. You know, like, mom, are you listening? It, sometimes it feels that way with God, even yeah. for me too. Right. And so what what is that? Does I mean, is Scripture true that God always hears us, even if we don't see him answering the yeah. way we want it? Yeah, I mean, I think he he always hears, and he knows what we need before we, before we even ask. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, I, I don't want to pretend like, like I—, I I know the answer of why those things happen. You're and pastor of the pod. You just know everything. I th- <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I so so. Let me tell you kind of a, a story that um, D. Martin Lloyd Jones told about um, about when Moses went and he uh, and he was at the burning bush and he told the story about when Moses was at the burning bush and he took his shoes off. Mm. And I think sometimes when we have you know, circumstances like that, pain and suffering, or even trying to figure out cause and trying to feel, okay, you know, even like with the coronavirus, like the God cause, I think there are some times where the appropriate response is just to take your shoes off mm. in a place of awe, in a yeah. place of wonder, and knowing the truth that no matter how bad it is, that God can take what the enemy, we know this is true, right. what the enemy had schemed and worked in order to take us out mm-hmm. and to use for evil, and that God can somehow use those things for good. And the same book that tells us that tells us that God hears us and he knows what we need before we even ask. So even yeah. when we're not, you know, you say, don't babble like the pain, like just don't get, like you, Father, he already knows what you need. Yeah. But he, um, he do, he, he, he does, he loves it when, when we, when we come to us. And uh, I, I tell a story, something that happened, uh, happened last night. Um, so Durham how got fresh. A, yeah, this is <laughs> this is how I was I was thinking about this. I was like Durham had a uh, he has a he had a splinter in his uh, in his finger, and he had it about a month ago. He got it, and uh, I I mean I heard him saying he had a splinter, yeah. but I was like, but this thing like we tried to get it out, and we you know we just couldn't, and it was like and his, he's thirteen. He's uh yeah he's fourteen. He's thirteen. He's my best friend. I should know. That's the he only thing we call each his other. Birthday. We never I, say I, names. I took him to the doctor's office, and they were like, "When's his birthday?" And I'm like, "Is this a quiz?" You know, I, like, <laughs> I got a lot of these. I'm gonna have to text Ree and ask. You know, <laughs> right. but I did. I knew his birthday, and well I, I put it down. And so I took him to the doctor's office to to get it worked on. And and as he was, as the doctor was sitting there, she was looking at it, and, and she was just like, she, you could tell she was kind of judgy, like, why didn't why haven't you brought him in? To, you know, <laughs> are we gonna make a call? That's right. That's right. And um, and then she she started working on his finger, and she uh, and she took that she took that splinter, uh, got the splinter out, and it was like I mean it's like a toothpick, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yikes! And um and so it it was you know it, it was inf- I don't want to give too much information, but it was infected, and it, there was there was a lot of work that it took a lot of work to get it out. And I yeah. was thinking about Durham, and I was thinking, you know what? He had that in his finger, and it was um and he was telling me you know, hey, we should get, and we took and we went and got it worked on. And I was like, you know, but there was part of him that he didn't want it to get worked on because mm. he was more afraid Uh-oh. of the pain that he didn't know than the pain that he did know. Uh-huh. 
And so he was living with that pain, even though it was painful, even though he didn't like it because he was afraid of what might happen. And I I, I think there are sometimes there are places in our lives where we've got splinters in the soul and where it takes a season, it takes pain, it takes trial, it takes time before we realize, you know, I don't want to live with that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I need somebody to help. And we cry out to God. And that's when the Father goes, okay, I can I can help you. I can help you now. But sometimes it's in that long time, okay, what caused this? How did God, I, I don't know. I just know he got a splinter and I know that he doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so I think I think even in this time of like coronavirus, this time of pandemic, this time of just all that's going on, I think God, if we'll let him, I think the revival looks like, the renewal looks like, the work of God looks like people going, God, I need you mm-hmm. to do a work in here. Mm-hmm. I think people are probably more aware of their need than ever before because yeah. we're tight. We've just run out of things to uh, to escape the pain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I was like a meme. It's like, I watched Netflix. Now what? Now <laughs> you know, what? Like, yeah, 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 I finished Netflix. <laughs> I finished Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix so, That's exactly yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, one of my th- worries about what COVID has done to our faith is I am on your teaching team. I'm <clears throat> I'm more than just an attender at our church, and it has been hard for me to get back in the rhythm yeah. of going on Sundays. Yes. And I skipped on Sunday, sorry. Mm-hmm. And and so tell me about what has happened to people's faith. What are you seeing when you're talking to our friends who go to our church, and you have tons of pastor friends? What are you seeing about what has happened to people's faith in COVID, and mm-hmm. and what happens next? What do we do next? Yeah, so I think, you know, I was at a pastor's conference, or conference is a small group of pastors who are meeting in churches similar size and just talking. And one of the pastors, he'd been a pastor a long time, he said, I'll tell you what I've seen. He said, I've seen, I think about a third of people who have just kind of fallen away. Mm-hmm. So there's about a third of people. He said, these are the people who went to church about once once a uh, once a month, uh-huh. like one point two five times yeah, a month. Yeah, oh yeah, that's and, uh, the actual that's science. The, one point two five. Yeah, and so those those people um, have just kind of fought. they were looking for an excuse not to go to church anyway, and this mm-hmm. has just become their excuse. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a group of people where say there's a bit of a falling away. Then he said there's about a, a middle third where they are um, they're vulnerable. Either they have a family member who's vulnerable, or they've got um, they've got health issues themselves, yeah. or or maybe they're just they're just super concerned about it. They're not healthy, and they're just trying to trying to protect. Yeah. So, so we got a vulnerable population, and he said about they've got about a third that um, that they're they're healthy, their family's healthy, and they're ready. They're ready to come back. They're ready yeah. to worship, and so I think that's. That's kind of what we're what we're seeing, and it, I think the important part is that like people don't judge other people and where they're at, and just knowing that um, that people are gonna people are gonna progress, gonna proceed based on based on how they how they feel. And at the same time, I would say, hey, if if you're healthy, your family's healthy, and you're you're ready to come back to worship, come back to worship. But I think mm-hmm. it's important for people to to establish holy habits in their life, mm-hmm. like to have to fight for holy habits. And here was the thing about we talk about like spiritual disciplines. The thing about church, and and as we talk about going to church, now we know we are the church, and the church yeah. is the gathering of believers, and and the church is the body of Christ. But the church is, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, it's a cluster habit. So it's a okay. cluster discipline. So you've got, you know, we talk about spiritual disciplines like worship and like celebration and, and prayer and study and serving and you know, fellowship, like all those are spiritual disciplines. When you go to church, like you, you knock a bunch of them you out. knock a bunch of them out, right? <laughs> so right. it's like it's one of those. It's one of the few places where all of those disciplines are engaged. You yeah. Know? And so I think when you take the gathering of believers out, it, I think we just have to work even more intensely to establish and to fight for those holy habits. Yeah. In our lives. Yeah. So talk to the third who have, who were going to church one point two time two, five times a month, and they've stopped, not because they're lazy. I don't think anybody's like, it's just better to sleep in. I don't think anybody's, I think the people, my friends who've stopped going mm-hmm. are disappointed mm-hmm. in this year. Yeah. Uh, and and that is a direct disappointment toward God. They've lost someone or something they really love mm-hmm. this year. And getting out of that habit has allowed them to not face the pain in that way either. Mm-hmm. Talk to them a little bit about what it will. I mean, it's a little bit of the Durham thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think we're all going to be discipled by something. Mm. So I think if we're not being discipled by Jesus, who is 
good and yeah. who is our friend and who's yeah. going to help us. Like we're going to turn to something to disciple us, to make sense of the world, to make sense of how things are, either to numb the pain or to go. And the reason I think it's so important that we continue to have those disciplines in our life where we turn back to him, because if we don't turn to him, we're going to turn to other things. Right. We're going to turn to substitutes. And then we're going to look up a year from now. And if we're not careful, you know how it is, like 1%. Whether if you're 1% off in trajectory, you'll end up a year from now somewhere yeah. you don't want to be so much for it. So to continue. And to you can this, even accidentally make me or you, the, someone could actually accidentally make Annie or Kevin who's discipling them the most. Right. And that's not even right. No. Let us be bridges to Jesus, but but you can't read my books and not read scripture. Right. It's, it's, it's gonna, not going to be enough. And right. And, it, and I think that's, we do need, we need. A, a plethora. We need a lot of voices of people encouraging us. On, but at the end of the day, and and that's what, like with your books, you're going to point people back to Jesus. You're mm-hmm. going to with the podcast, you're going to point people back to truth. You're going to yeah. point people back to Him. So, um, so I would just I would just encourage to uh, for those who feel like man, maybe I've lost my way. The beautiful thing about repentance, and what I love about that word is that word repentance means to come home. Mm-hmm. It's just to come. It's to come back home to yeah. Him, and and we repent. Every day, and I think somehow we've thought like the prodigal son story was just for a one-time deal. <laughs> right. But it's an everyday returning. Right. Like right. we're the prodigal every single, and the father's return is not a one-time. It's not like he's just happy the first time you. He's happy yeah. every time you return back to him. And the yeah. enemy wants to heap on guilt and shame, mm-hmm. and keep us in that place far from home. Yeah. And God's saying every day, I want you to. Come back home. My worry for myself and my friends listening is we don't know when this thing ends. I mean, we've got you hear one good story about a vaccine and it feels like a it feels like a drug high mm-hmm. of like you mean like it just feels like this immediate dopamine rush right. that you that there's an end. How do we how do we build resilience? Do we build resilience or does it just build in us? But how do we stay in this when we don't know when this particular worldwide trial ends. Well, I think we've we've built lives that are just and this is my my opinion, but I think we've we've become so good at knowing because of the little computer in our pockets where we're like we ask a question to Google and like uh, when will this thing end? How many times has that <gasps> should been? Should we Googled? ask Siri right now? <laughs> hey Siri. Uh-huh. When will the pandemic end? On it. I found an answer. It's displayed on your iPhone. Oh no! But no, it's talking about a movie and a book. So it does, she doesn't know. She, she doesn't, doesn't know. Siri doesn't know. Yeah, Google doesn't know. And I think those three words I don't know are like the hardest words to yeah. to say, right? And do you and, feel that way as a leader? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think we want because we wanna we wanna know. But I think we're living in that place of 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 I don't know. So it's so adventy, right? It's right. so in between. <laughs> Yes, the now, the not yet, yeah. the when, if ever, and um, and so I think the being comfortable in that place of of not knowing, you know, it's um, it's it's funny they um, they were talking about the corona. I think that word like goes back to like a Latin word which means crown mm. because the little you know it looks like yeah a yeah little crown how it looks the little disease yeah and um, that that little crown that little virus little microscopic virus has ordered us around, yeah, you know, and it's yeah. like telling us like where to go and what to do. And you think about the, and just that place of not knowing. And I think for us to continue to turn back to, you know what, God, God does it. There's a scripture in Daniel, I'm reading through the Bible in a year plan, and Daniel yeah. is talking about that God, God knows, like God is over the affairs of the earth. And then it says, I think it's Daniel chapter two, and it says that, that he establishes the kings, you know, and he establishes authorities. And I just took great courage and going, you know what? There was a lot. Daniel's in Babylon. Daniel's in exile. Like, we're not the first people to not know when this thing's going to end. Yeah. Right? This is yeah. our this is our story. This is our story of waiting. Yeah. Like, and just, just not knowing. And we're not the first people to not know when this is going to end. Right. That is important. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think this is a time to to build faith. And what we feel when we hear about that the vaccine, when we hear the... Hey, this is going to be, you know, next year distribution. Like, that's just hope. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what, what I'm feeling. <laughs> that's what you're, I mean, the dopamine hit, that's, that's hope. And, and hope is our story too. But I think it's that we continue our ultimate hope. And that's what I'd say to our friends who have kind of, who have lost hope. Yeah. It's just uh, get around some other people who have hope because hope's contagious, you yeah. know, and, uh, and that we continue to redirect our ultimate hope being in, uh, in him. So does resilience matter? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, 
And so there was a, I, re, I read a book called, um, I Googled leading in a pandemic because I want to know. I was like, I was like <laughs> that like, book had been written. <laughs> but, but there was a book that was written called um, Canoeing in the Mountains. Have you seen that? No. A guy named Todd, I think it's Bollinger. He's, he's a guy from out at Fuller. Yeah. He wrote this book, and the whole premise is kind of Lewis and Clark. They're in the expedition, yeah. and they have, uh, and they're, you know, they're they're searching, trying to find the the waters that lead to the, the Columbia River, that lead to the Pacific Ocean, and they uh, they come up over, and they've recruited these great like rafters, river yeah. guides, you know, yeah. to get them there, and they're carrying canoes, and they get over this hill, and they're like, oh, we've reached the Columbia, and they look, and they see the Rocky Mountains, uh-huh. and so they had to learn how to um, how to climb mountains. Yeah. And they had to let go of canoes to climb the mountains. Wow. And so, you know, talking about in that in that that book, just this idea of adaptive leadership, and that where we're at, nobody's ever been like yeah. we, we haven't been before. Yeah. And uh, and as I was as I was thinking about that that book, he gives basically three things: you got to let go. He talks about resilient leadership. He yeah. says you got to let go, you got to learn as you go, and keep going. Mm. And I was like, okay, there's a mantra. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> let know, go, let learn go. as you go, keep going. Yeah, let go of, you know, we're all, oh, when are we going to get back to normal? What's normal? Yeah. Yeah, let go. I mean, here's what's real. We yeah. don't go back to normal. No. No. We should all just, like, swallow that pill and let it be medicine for us because it just, we won't go back to not knowing this. It, lowest form, lowest common denominator is none of us can pretend like this didn't happen. Right. So we can't go back to what, it's not like a behavior thing we can't go back to. It's we can't unknow what we know. That's right. And so we won't, it won't be the way it was. Mm-mm. No. And so they just let go. Yeah. Learn as you go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's continually, that's that curiosity. Okay. So what next? Yeah. Like God, what you, you know, what's the new wine? <laughs> yeah. Right? How am I going to let go of the old wine skins? God, what's the new thing you want to yeah. do? What's springing up? Where am I looking for life? Right. Yeah. And, uh, and then just to keep going. And that's, you know, the resilience, the perseverance that just, just don't quit and get some people around you who won't let you quit. Yeah. Yeah. That's you right. Know, and help you keep taking steps. You know, we get to tell our friends in the AFD Week in Review emails on Fridays who's coming in the next week and interviewing. And so Sydney asked this question, which I thought was really beautiful to you. She said, how can we as church members or parish, parish, parishioners, parishioners, all of a sudden I couldn't know that word because I'm not that smart of a Christian. How can we be praying for our pastors? She said, I'm so grateful for the steadfast work pastors have done during a trying year and would be honored to hear your kind of prayer requests. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, it's been a hard, it's been a really hard year. Yeah. If I was going to pray um, for our pastor friends or just say, hey, here's how even you could pray. First, I'd say, like, pray for pe- for two things, for peace and for, um, and for revelation. Mm. Like, I think the peace that God brings, and there's just so much pressure and so many opinions and so many voices and so many, you know, mm-hmm. things that people are carrying, just that, that shalom of heaven, that peace of yeah. heaven. God, for your peace in in your pastor's home and your peace over their mm-hmm. family. And so I'd say pray for pray for the shalom, for that peace of heaven. But then I'd say for revelation. Andy, there is yeah. nothing like um like hearing the voice of God. Yeah. And uh, and you know when you go through a year like this and if you experience like you have to you just have to dig in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, to to hear his voice, to get that that revelation. And that's what that's what people need right now. They don't need words from a man or a woman, right. they need to hear from God. Yeah. And um, and so I would, I would pray for those two things, for yeah. peace and for revelation. And when you're in that place of peace, you're more likely to get the, you know, the revelation. Yeah. And About a year ago, our friend Clay Kirkland came and spoke to the Crosspoint staff, mm-hmm. and he talked about this verse. Do you remember this is Ephesians 1, 7, and this is in the NIV. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. Mm. And and I remember thinking last year, I mean, almost exactly a year ago, I think he was here, maybe it was the beginning of January. Yeah. But And I retold it to some friends that at a thing I spoke at where I was like, the two things we need are wisdom, which is asking the right questions, learning as you go, yeah. and revelation, which is, I mean, every Monday when we pray here together, I lead with, Jesus, tell us what we don't know. Yeah. You got to give us, I don't use the word revelation because Jesus would be like, who are you trying to be, Annie? But I'm always like, tell us what we don't know because we've got to have his revelation. And so we will pray that for our pastor friends and for their families. Hmm. That's a great, 
That's a great call. It has been. I, I can't imagine a group of people uh, besides first responders, maybe, who have had a more challenging year of leadership than than faith leaders. Mm. And I'm so uh, like I'm just I'm so I'm so grateful for all of those who have just kept going. Yeah, who have just kept going and pulled together. And I think gratitude, you know, goes a long way. Goes mm. a long way too. Mm-hmm. And um and that's, you know, and it, Annie, I think at the same time, I'm like, just let's look how God is how God has moved. I think about, I think about something that happened just a few weeks ago. There was a, uh, and it's it's it. I think it's helpful to to lift up the stories of how God's moving. Because yeah. sometimes, and you know, when we're, when when our, all of our rhythms have just been um, have been shattered, we go back and we go, God's still moving. Like yeah. that, there was a there was a lady who um, who drove down from I think it was New York, um, and her name was Franny. She drove down from New York to be uh, to be baptized, and uh, and because she had um, started listening to uh, services online at Crosspoint. And she came down. I got to got to meet her. She made a road trip with a Aww. friend, and um, and so I was asking her her story, and she um, she was listening to that sounds fun. Oh, Franny, yeah, hi. Franny, <laughs> at the uh, you know, and she'd been listening for a while, and oh, then wow. in the in the summer, heard I guess you talk about Crosspoint, so she started che- she checked out a service online, and then she found she found Jesus, yeah. and then she's been connected online, and then she, you know, she. Makes a road trip to to be baptized, and I just think like this pictures like that. Did like, she call you Pastor of the Pod? <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> Franny, <laughs> she missed. We'll have to do it all over again. But um, oh, that's cool. But I just think like that's you know God is still moving and 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 holding up the stories just with gratitude. Thank you, God, for what you're up to, even in the midst of all this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is a gift that. That we all, in a lot of different ways, our friends listening who have been really involved in helping their neighbors get fed every week, mm-hmm. our friends who are listening who are doctors and nurses, the pastors, the podcast hosts, the everybody, moms, the dads, and the single people who've been kind to their friends. You yeah. know, everybody, We I have gotten to see that everyone through this year has been able to find ways to still be in in ministry. Yes. Whether they're full-time in ministry or not. Yeah. I think it's that's been be- very beautiful cool. to beautiful to see, yeah. and and to know that like when we, you know, there are some people where they haven't been able to focus on other people because they've just been going through their their own stuff so heavy, yeah. and that's okay too. That I mean, okay. like when your foot's yeah. in a bear trap, you're not real like <laughs> right. And I just think you know, finish heart, the analogy. When your foot's in a bear trap, you're not you're not, you're not concerned about other people with their. <laughs> Feet in bear trap. I was gonna go. You're not feeding the birds. <laughs> that was what I was gonna birds. say. Like, when your foot's in a bear <laughs> trap, you're not worried about feeding the birds. <laughs> I like that. That's okay. why. That's why you write books. But, <laughs> like that. You know, I just think there are a lot of people who are who are suffering in really, you know, difficult ways. Yeah. And and I think um, I think for us to continue just to, with hearts of compassion to look for those people that we can maybe help open up the trap and yeah. help them get free. So. One of the things we haven't talked about is that you yourself had COVID, yeah. and you yourself were quarantined. <laughs> that, was, that was October in yeah. a house of seven people, yeah. six, six people. Yeah. Sorry, I, I counted. I counted. <laughs> I counted Durham twice. In a house of six people, and y'all went through weeks of rotating isolation and quarantine and COVID. Yeah. What do you know now that you didn't know about God? That I can. That I can trust him. I really, I was a, there was a time in, there was a time in March or April where I really battled with, uh, with, with fear of getting the virus. I mean, I just yeah. think when, when we didn't know, like there, yeah. I remember a morning where I must've spent an hour just going through like, okay, well, what if I get it? And then what if they don't have ventilators? I mean, this is when we didn't know, like, and yeah. what if, what if I have to be independent? You know, I'm going through this whole- Which happened to a lot of people. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And so I think there was a lot of, a lot of fear. And yeah. um, Chip died. Who um, everybody just met a couple days ago on Chip, the pod. Chip. Yes. I heard Chip say something, uh, 
uh, I remember where I heard, he said, you're either going to be delivered from it or to it or through it. Oh, wow. From it or to it or through it. And I don't know, for me, it was just like when you realize that there is a deliverer and God is either going to deliver me from this thing yep. to this thing or through this thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and it just it, it put my trust back. And okay, if, if God has allowed me to get this, then I can trust him in the process, then yeah. I can trust him with it. And, you know, fortunately, I mean, super grateful that we had mild symptoms and it was just, it was, it was in, you know, it was inconvenience and there was some, I mean, loss of taste and smell and, you know, re got it and, um, a couple of the kids got it. And have couple, you gotten your smell and taste back? Not fully. Ree's Ree's wow. still missing her. I mean, so Thanksgiving, you know, without yeah. So that was she's, cool. She's, yeah. That's right. She's like that the textures, good. the food textures are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, but she just watching watching Ree and watching the the kids really press through. Like yeah. and um, but it did. It it was it taught it taught me. You know, I'm I'm gonna trust God deeper way deeper level of trusting God. Yeah. It tr- it taught me that um that resting is part of the healing. Mm-hmm. I just have a hard time like. Not moving things forward, not yeah. working on things, not but um, but it required me to 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 rest. I had like a big stack of books, and okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna Read maximize the time. Yeah, yeah, and I just yeah, so it taught me. And then what'd you do? Tell the tell the rest of that story. You read some of the books, but you watch TV. Oh, I did watch TV. <laughs> I, I think that's so good for people to hear that you that P- Pastor of the Pod, <laughs> their podcast host for Nanny, that sometimes oh, the most we can do when we're sick yeah. is watch TV. Yeah, and that's okay. That's okay. And I had to give myself permission. I watched that. What was the Kiefer Sutherland show where he was the lone present, survivor? Lone, the uh, designated, designated survivor. Designated survivor. So yes. got got sucked in and pulled into that one and. Uh, it was, we made it through the, we made it through the, oh, it's wild. We, we set off a firework. Did I tell you this? Uh-uh. Set off a firework. I, so I, I used fireworks in a message and, uh, and so I can't believe I'll tell this. We used fireworks in a message. And so I asked, you know, I was like, hey, can you get like a, maybe I'll use a bigger firework for the message. We didn't use that for the message, but I was thinking, you know what? We're going to celebrate that we're done with COVID in the house. Yeah. It was, this thing was like a missile. Oh. This thing was, uh, <laughs> was it so one big one? It was one. Yes. It was one big one, like a mortar. I mean, it was, it looked like <laughs> something from war. And so we took it and I was like, okay, we'll, we'll set it off. We'll let it get dark and then we'll set it off in the cul-de-sac. And so we took. So it was 2.30 in the afternoon by the time it was dark. Right. Welcome to Nashville. Jeez. <laughs> so, so we, uh. I said, okay, everybody, let's uh, let's give it. So everybody's kind of hanging out. And we we light this thing. Annie, did you it, tell the neighbors first? No. Oh, cool. No, this thing went off, and I mean, it was the <laughs> loudest, boom, and like, and I mean, the spray. I don't know if that's a uh-uh. technical word or yeah, what, yeah. but like the spray, like over all the houses in the in the <gasps> cul-de-sac. And I'm like, I mean, I I go to little kid mode, and I'm like, destroy the evidence, destroy the. I sprint out, I'm sprinting out to the cul-de-sac. I grab the mortar thing, and I go and I take it and I throw it in the garage, and I, the garage door down. And I'm like, watch it. And Bree is like going, Kevin, the text, the group text of the neighbor, like I've blown up next door, I've blown uh-uh. up. The, yeah, people are like, was that a bomb? People are like, was that a uh-uh. shotgun? Was he like a? And then somebody was like, well, yeah, I think it was on Islesworth, which is the next street over. Oh no! And I'm like, good. I mean, it's good. They think it's, they think a, it's the next street over. I, I wanted Reed to like it. I was like, like that. You like that text. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so we ended up, uh, well, now everybody knows, but my neighbor, he was like, when I saw, he's like, because uh, I was going to use him as an alibi. Yeah. And, uh, and so I went over and I was like, did you hear that? He was like, we're coming out of the bunker. And, uh, <laughs> And he goes, uh, he said, he said, man, he said, I knew it was you when I saw the garage door go to all the lights go out in the house and the garage door goes, I saw, <laughs> screwed that up. But I was like, man, we're going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate post-COVID world. I'll tell we you what, right. when the world gets to post-COVID world, yes. we're all doing we're that. Fireworks we're fireworks We're all doing that. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking so much, N- Natalie Grant and I talked about this for a minute about our friends who were going to be alone on Thanksgiving hmm. and what that must feel like. And I just imagine, I don't know what's going to happen after New Year's. I don't know what's going to happen for Christmas, but there are going to be people who are alone a lot mm. and isolated a lot before we get to shoot off fireworks. Yeah. What's and you? I mean, you had to walk real close with me when I was isolated by myself twice yeah. so far. What do you have to say? Do you have some words of encouragement for anybody who's been? I mean, there are people who've been in their homes since February mm. that have that aren't getting to see very many people that are at risk for one reason or another. How do we handle this isolation? First off, I just say I'm so sorry. Yeah. Next thing I would say is that you're you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And I say that from a, an Emmanuel word 
which means God with us, that he is with you, that you are not. And even though you feel lonely, yeah, you're not alone. And then I, I would encourage with the word, you're not alone. And that there are other people, that there are other people who are enduring the same kind of trial. There are other people going through hard, hard times. And there are people who, you know, isolation is hard on, on everybody. Yeah. But like there are people where, who are in other parts of the world where it is, it is crippling. Yeah. There are even people who in our nation where it's affecting them in a way that's, it's not an inconvenience. I mean, it is. So I would go, okay, not alone. And that's not to compare suffering. That's just to say there are there are many people. You're not alone in what you're going through. Yeah. But then the other the other word that I just give is that there is a school of isolation when you go through the scriptures, where people that God has used their lives in a mighty way, it was preceded by a school of isolation mm. by by a time of. Of isolation, and in that in that isolation, I think it's appropriate to look at God and say, "God, I want everything that you want to give me in this. Huh. I don't want to waste a minute of this. I want everything, yeah. everything you have for me. Because if you've allowed it, God, then I've got to believe that you have something you want to bring through it. So, God, give it to me. Yeah, whatever, whatever you have. I don't want to. I don't want to, have to take this class over again. That's you know right. That's I want, right. I want to learn I, this. I once. want to learn this. I want to learn this once, and yeah. I'm going to look for, and I'm going to dignify this trial. And I think that. Within that, there, are, there is there's this wrestling that comes. The first thing I think that happens in isolation is there's just this there's this stripping away of, of, and we see it in scripture when you know Joseph. He's, there's this stripping away that takes place, and then there's this wrestling with God. And so the stripping away of the things that maybe we trusted in, maybe we're leaning on, and then there's this wrestling with God, and that that takes that takes some time, yeah. and then we get to get this place of of increased intimacy with God. Where we grow in our our dependence on Him, we turned away. We, those other things were stripped away. Yeah. We've wrestled with Him. We got confusion. We've got questions. We're processing, and then we move into this place of of of, of turning to Him. And there's this there's this vacancy in our hearts when we're saying, "God, I, I long for more of You, to know You more." And so then that deepening of intimacy, and then it moves to visioning, and then we begin to move that place of, "Okay, I've got a vision for for what's next." And God's used that. I'd say you're not alone in that. God's used. That kind of isolation, that school of isolation, to prepare men and women um, throughout history for the work that He has for them to do. Mm-hmm. And so there's this; uh, it's a preparation. God will use it as a preparation for that next. Um, so I'd say, uh, make make it your prayer, God. I want everything that you have for me, and He is good. Yeah. But He uses those those times to to really form us. And then I think the other part is for us to look around and go, okay, is there somebody? You know, for those of us that maybe aren't in that vulnerable place, and there are people who are feeling really isolated right now and say, is there an empty seat at our table mm. that we can, we can, and do it safely and however safe you feel comfortable, but I, I, I do think we do, we have a call yeah. um, to be a people. Hospitality, you know, in the New Testament is making space for people that you don't have to make space for. Mm, that's good. And I think there's kind of a social anxiety that can go on now where I think um, we have to fight against that cultural tide and fight against that yeah. fear and continue to try to look, okay, can we open up a seat mm-hmm. for one more? Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit laughing because the second time I got quarantined, the first time when I was exposed and the second yeah. time I was really up close, I think we've all been exposed to probably a lot, but uh, the first time I was up close exposed to COVID and the second time, when I, the, my first day, the second time I was like, Lord, is there somebody at learn? Right. I thought, <laughs> like, and, why am I back in the same class? And the Lord was just real clear of like, it isn't the same thing. Mm. It's in the same thing. Mm. And it really wasn't. The by the end of the second time, I thought, oh, this was about something totally different that you needed me to be a part of versus things I needed to learn. And so so I think that's the first question. If you find yourself in a school of isolation, right. the question is, Lord, are you trying to teach me something again? Mm-hmm. Or is this something different? Or what are we doing here? That's good. So for you it was another class. That's right. right. It was another class in the same school. It was a two oh one. And I was I thought I'd learned it all in one oh one. So when you look back on 101 and 201, you know, what did that, what did that, what do you bring in from that experience? What, what rang true off the syllabus, you know, in yeah. the class? What did you, what, what are you taking away and you're still carrying? Yeah. Uh, why you just flip this to, my, to interviewing me on the pod there, Pastor? The first time in March was the first time I'd ever been alone that much in mm-hmm. my 39 and a half years at that point. 
And so I think I learned a contentment that I did not have in uh, in my own home. Hmm. And and I, though I do not think and do not hope that I live alone forever, I learned some new things about what can be enjoyable about being at home with myself hmm. in a lot of ways. The second time for me was a practice in leadership. There were some places here at work I needed to lead in a new way. Online, it was a different experience than the first time. And so it was a masterclass on leadership it, the second time. Wow. And as far as like the visioning part, like God gave you, did God use that time to give you vision for kind of the... Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think for the first, especially the first one. Mm -hmm. The first one was, I mean, if this is just you and me talking, the first one felt like God used that to expand. There are so many people who we are friends with now that we were not friends with before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. He brought a lot of new friends around because I was quarantined Mm -hmm. and they've stayed and listen to the podcaster on Instagram. So it feels like he, what I would, what I thought was him limiting me was his, him expanding my territory. That's good. And I couldn't have pictured that, you know? And so that's probably the number one takeaway from the first one. The second one was genuinely a, hey, I'm putting you in this situation because I need you to lead here. Yeah. And I, and I was surprised about that too. Wow. Well, I think you, in many ways, you went first, you know, talk about like yeah. leaders go first. You went first and Rhea and I watched you and as our family, we, we, you know, watched you navigate. Y'all came that. by the house and talked by. to me out the, outside of the porch. Yeah, but that was, that was courageous because I remember when we were, um, I remember when, I mean, everything had just kind of started and you yeah. were already quarantined. So I think in many ways you, I want to say thank you for like for the way that you modeled thank what you. it means to to hold on yeah. to faith and hold on to hope and in the midst of uncertainty to continue to cling to him. So a lot of things we're still doing, you know, yeah, today. Yeah. So. A lot of our friends know this, but, and you know this, but I've been reading through the Gospels this year and I already like cried my eyes out about it with She Reads Truth. So I won't do that again to you about getting to read about Jesus every day and that ending this year. But I know a lot of our friends are going to start reading the Gospels once a month um, next year yeah. or read the whole Bible like you've done this year. Can you just talk for a minute about what's the, what's the power of reading one Bible verse a day or a couple of chapters a day? What's the power of connecting with Scripture every day, especially when we don't know what's going to happen in the world more than ever? Yeah. So I think, um, I mean, that's a great, that's a great question because it's just been, it's been such an important habit. Like we talk about establishing holy habits, especially. It's changed my life. Right. That, that core discipline in our lives to continue to reset, continue to bring ourselves back to truth. I mean, that's the thing I hear from people all the time. Like, I don't know what's true. I don't know what to believe. But have that one place that we go every single day. We go, you know what? I can stand on this. And I think the the groundlessness that people feel, um, groundlessness is like, imagine if if you woke up and you walked out into the living room and somebody, you know, the lights are off and somebody's moved all the furniture and you're trying to figure out, how do I get to the refrigerator? I just can't figure out because everything's moved. We can feel like that Every single day, like things move, I don't have, yeah. don't know how to navigate through this. But I know if I can get to the scriptures and I can go back to what is unchanging, right? Yes. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. That's that truth that I can. In a world that feels groundless, I can be grounded. Yes. That's the place that I get grounded on truth. And um, and Jesus said one time, He's like. Hey, I'm going to send the Spirit, and the Spirit's going to remind you of everything I taught you. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. But he can't remind us of the things that we haven't read. Okay, you can't you can't remember what you never know. Right, <laughs> right. And so I think that you give the Holy Spirit material. You mm-hmm. give him stuff to work with as you read. And you might, you might go, I don't know that all that, I'm that good at memorizing or that good at remember. But the Holy Spirit is, yeah. and he'll remind you. Recent me a she sent me a verse the other day, and it was just spot on for uh, for what I was kind of processing and talking through, and I was like. Where'd you get that? <laughs> like, how'd you, like a walking lexicon. You're like yeah. a walking topical Bible, you know? And I'm like, where'd you get? It? And she was like, she was like, the Spirit just reminded me, and the Spirit yeah. reminded her because she read it. And I just yeah. think that that's motivation for me because I want to give the Holy Spirit things to remind yeah. me with. In Do you know what's funny? As I've I've really been not wrestling with what's true, but but wanting to make sure 
I'm grounded in the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I've started saying the Apostles' Creed every day. That's great. Like we used to say. I mean, I grew up in church. We said it all together every Sunday. Yes. And so I've started saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. I mean, and I think about everyone. I do it every morning while I'm making my tea because I just want to make sure that I know what is true. Mm. I, I don't want anything counterfeit to have a chance to tell me it's true. Yeah. And so every day, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ. I mean, I just go through and say that exact thing every morning. And that is based on Scripture. That is, might as well be Scripture in a lot of, uh, it's not Scripture, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I just think for our friends, one of the one of the things I've learned reading the Bible every day-ish, I mean, mm-hmm. to be fair, I spent last night doing a couple of chunks of the Gospels <laughs> to be caught up to where I'm supposed to be. But it has it has changed me, mm-hmm. and it is it has solidified some things in me that—and I've been a Christian a long time, mm-hmm. and there's something different about that. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I mean, and that's even we—I think you, you say it this way. You're like, I don't know necessarily what I have for lunch two years ago, but uh-huh. know, you know, on this day two years ago, but <laughs> right. I know it's, I don't know, you say a lot better than that. No, that's but, good. But no. like, but like, I'm like, I don't know all of what I've eaten, but I know that it nourishes me and that it satisfies yeah. me and that I'm stronger. That's and good. when I don't, if I don't spend that time, I feel like, like Samson with a haircut. I mean, because it's like, that is where, like, that's where power comes from. That's yep. the power base, right? Yes. For, for life. Yes. And, um, and so, yeah, so I can't, I wouldn't want to imagine not yeah, not having, yeah. not having that. I'm going to put you on the spot for a second and just give me the best answers you can. Okay. His, I wish I could see his face. It had a moment of panic. I'm going to ask you some books. That's okay. All. all. Okay, so one book, Kev, if there's one book that people could pick up to start off 2021. Yeah, I, you know, it's a book that I started off maybe 2016 with. My yeah. brother-in-law is a pastor, and he gave me a book called Surrender to Love. It was a Christmas gift. He yeah. gave me Surrender to Love by um, David Benner. I think yeah, I've never even heard of it. I mean, it's, a, it's a short, okay. yeah, Pastor Russ, short little book. Yeah. But it was such a beautiful reminder at the time of year where I'm just like, man, I'm driven, ready to go, accomplish all yeah. the goals. Go. Just talking about what it means to to truly just rest and receive the love yeah. of God. And yeah. so rather than give you a book to say, here's how you can accomplish the goals, I'd That's love great. to give you a book to say, hey, here's how you can rest and surrender and rest is your salvation, quietness, trust, your, your strength, just that place of... Returning to the love yeah. of God. Um, so that would be that'd be a book I would yeah. encourage. That's a Bible verse he just said, y'all, by the way. Yeah. That's what that's, it, that's what it means to hide God's word in your heart. You just accidentally say Bible verses or on purpose, but I want people to know that, that they can Google that. Okay, so someone a couple of different people have been asking about fasting lately. Mm-hmm. And when they say, Annie, give me some resources on fasting, I usually send them to some of John Mark Comer's teachings. That's great. To celebration of discipline, because mm-hmm. there's a really good chapter. Do you have a book you love on fasting? Yeah, you know, there was a book, probably one of the most recent books that I read on fasting. I think it's called The Jesus Fast, but it's by it's by, it's by a guy named Lou Engel. Oh who, yeah, yeah. Let's go Lou Engel. He's fiery, he that's is. for sure. I think back in college in the Wesley days, you know. Yes. Okay. Herb Lewingle, but but this book it, it talks about um, it talks about fasting and it's okay. I mean there's an intensity um, to it. I mean I think it, he's an intense guy. He's an intense guy. Yeah. But but honestly, for me, that's like that's what's helpful when you're in time of the fast. You know, that's <laughs> right. That kind of right. that kind of coach. You know, that's right. Someone is a little spitfire. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's a, so that's a that's, that's right. a good book on on fasting. But I think the other resource, John Mark Comer, is great you know, to listen to some of those teachings and yeah, um, and, uh, yeah. So. and. The thing we love talking about besides revival is prayer. Mm-hmm. And people, we, I mean, I love people's responses when we talk about prayer on here. Is there a, any book that jumps out to you that you love on prayer yeah. that you may not have read? The one that, uh, one that I was, I've been working on is, uh, is writing. Um, no. Oh, no, we wish. Let's go. No, Pass it. Give it. Read. No, read. There's a book by a guy named, um, Rinker, R I N K E R. And it's uh, it's called prayer. How to have a conversation with God. And there was a oh, the, wow. the way I got there. I think it's a, I think it's a cool practice to read upstream. So okay. like if you're reading something that you're really connected with, try to find out who's the person that that person read, oh, and then you go back good. and go, okay, who's the person that that person read, and you read begin to work upstream. it. And it's usually always going to take you back to like C.S. Lewis and you know <laughs> yeah, Henry Nouwen, yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> but um, Dallas Willard, you know. Yeah. Those but the but this this book was mentioned by another author. And he was talking about that's how he learned to pray was with this book and with a friend. Wow. And I thought, you know, when Jesus said, hey, when two or three of you gathered, I'm going to show up. I'm yeah. going to be right there with you. And so these two guys got this book and they worked through it and they would read, you know, read a chapter, get together, and then they would practice it. They would pray. Yeah. And so um, so working through reading reading that book and I'm really, really enjoyed 
Yeah. Join it. And, you know, I say if a book on prayer doesn't make you want to pray more, then stop reading it. Oh, that's good. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think I think prayer, should, it should inspire us yes. to pray because it's a If it a makes you feel guilty, it's not for today. Just put it down. Don't right. throw it away. Okay. It's just not for today. Not for today. Yeah. But if it inspires you, you go, oh, I want to know God more. Yeah. I want to I want to spend more time in His presence. I want to yeah. linger with Him. I want to have more conversation. Then those are the those are the books on prayer that I, I want to lean into. So we Google an author of any mm-hmm. kind. Mm-hmm. Someone Googles me. Someone Googles one you mentioned. Someone Googles one. We go upstream. Yeah. We go and read this woman's book, and we like it so much, we see she read this guy's book, mm-hmm. and he read this woman's book. Da, da. And we get upstream, and we don't agree with everything about that author. Right. Can you can you learn from books where you don't agree with everything the author believes? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think we do we do have to be careful. Yeah, I was going to say, that, what's the line? Yeah, we do, that, that there's not false teaching. Okay. So I think when, you know, when the scripture talks about, you know, watch your life and doctrine closely, like, and there is such thing as false teaching. I yeah. mean, there's, there's heresy. And, but at the same time, there's a, there's, there, there are about, you know, five things that I go, okay, these are core convictions that I die over. Okay. And there are a lot of other things that I go, okay, I'm going to hold those things with an open hand. Got it. And so I think if somebody presses in on some of those core biblical Truths, whether Jesus is the Son of God, yes, what, those kinds of things. Raised from the dead, yeah. You know, you know, I think when we go, when we go look at, we go, okay, if we're pressing down the core b- biblical truths, then we go, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set that down. Or if something's just, if it's just unbiblical, mm. you know, I, I think personally, if I'm going to a spiritual book, right, and yes. I think it's a good practice that if we're going to a spiritual book, because it's there's. There's spirits, right? I mean, it's either, and it's either. I mean, there's not really neutral ground. Yeah, like it's either, it's either of God or it's or it's not. Or it's not. And yeah. um, and so I think when you look at does somebody line up with historical Christian teaching? Do they line up with the scriptures? And I think with, to make them a main source. But at the same time, I know people who have referenced people that you know some of the, for example, some of the desert fathers that I go. You know, I don't know that I buy into. A hundred percent of their theology, but that's okay. Can I get yeah. can I get truth from it? Can I hold that up? If yeah, if it's truth, I can hold that up as God's truth. And um, but I think it's important that we read and that we're constantly thinking and we're going and comparing, like the Bereans. Remember, mm. they're comparing, they're, they're listening to the teaching and they're going back and they're going, okay, is this true? They're searching the scriptures, yeah. going, is this true? And yeah. I think it's important that we do that. So. Yeah. Okay, let's take two minutes and talk about Christmas. Yes. Are you all right on time? Are you stressed? Yeah, no, we're good. Let's take a couple minutes to talk about Christmas before we are done for today. What what are you thinking about, about God and Jesus and Christmas this year that you haven't thought about before because of what 2020 has been like? Yeah. I think the the thing that's just been staying with me was something that um, Matt Warren said yesterday. Oh, yeah. That I'm, he said, um, he said, Advent is for preparing. And uh, and Matt's, you know, he's a he's an aid on your enneagram. Yeah, you know, and it's he's not like, my enneagram. Don't did do you that. come up with it? <laughs> yeah, okay. that's a good way to get me canceled. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, he's he's driven. But he said, aid is about preparing. It's about preparing room. And I was thinking, Advent's man, about preparing. Advent's about preparing room. Yeah. And I started thinking like that. I don't know that picture for me. It was going, man. If I didn't have Advent, I just rush right into Christmas. Like right. the idea of okay, I'm going to make some space. I'm going to prepare some room. And um what's that look like? What does that really mean? For for me, yeah. Um spending more time mm. with him, mm-hmm. lingering with him. Um Re does a great job with like she sends out she sent out uh she has like the Christmas version of Jesus calling. And so she took yeah. a picture of it and she we have a family, you know, group text and she texted it to everybody. And so she's going, Hey, here's the reading for the day. Yeah. And but to champion her like in in that and really and I, I slow down enough to like truly right. value value that to continue to bring our family back to like, okay, here's why and um so Ree's big on like liturgy, like the yeah. every moment holy is yeah. a book that like, you know, and, and I think slowing down enough to go, okay, no, we're gonna embrace the liturgy of this of this yeah. moment. But yeah. I think we had a liturgy for when you get the Christmas tree. Like it actually oh, rained wow. through you know, so there was those moments where where I don't go, okay, let's just get on to the next thing, but yes. all, but but stepping into that moment and letting that moment be sacred, letting that be be holy, which is hard for me as a dad because I'm the one walking out in front of the in front of the family, yeah. and uh, she's more the keeper of tradition. Yeah. But for me to honor that keeping of tradition, she's of so good at that. Great of dad. all my friends, she is truly one of the top ones at having honored family traditions that slow you down. Yeah, it's amazing. 
and not pressing against just resting in that. Yeah. yeah. If so. I call her now and give her a year's warning, will she be on the podcast next year to talk about <laughs> family traditions? <laughs> she, she has a list, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give her a text today and give her a full year heads up to prepare her soul to be Shout on the That Sounds Fun podcast. But I would yeah. love to have her next year talk, talk through some of those traditions yeah. and how much they matter to y'all's family. Yeah. I, um, I love that preparing room. And I think, I think that I, I don't, uh, one of the things I want people to do when they listen to any of my guests, but particularly you and I talk, is after you hear an idea like that, ask God what that means for you. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, well, Kevin, you and I don't have all the answers for all of our friends listening. I mean, we can't have everyone's answers. We can only have our answers. Yeah. And I think, you know, when Jesus said, come to me, all you who are tired and weary, heavy laden. Like, come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden. A yoke is a rabbi's teaching. And so yeah. we just got to be careful about when we make somebody a rabbi and mm. we put on all their stuff. That's we have. We have to be careful because we have access to so much information. Yeah. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And sometimes we get so weighed down with the yoke of so mm-hmm. many people and mm-hmm. we just take it and we're putting, putting things on, but we never take anything off. Yeah. And so we've got the... We've got the long list of things that we feel like we need to do. Where I think sometimes she's like, I never asked you to do those yeah. things. You know? Yeah. And so we've we got to go back and go, okay, does this thing bring life to my soul? God, yeah. do, what do you want me to do with that? I think that's a great encouragement for Annie, for people just to take those things and hold them up to God and say, God, is this for me? Or how do yeah. you want me to apply that? That's how, when I think about how people, what people should read in the Bible next year for themselves, I, I'm very happy that you and I can set an example of things to read in the Bible. But I'm also like, hey, you can hear God. Yeah. Start, do the Gospels for the year or read the whole Bible in a year or read a, a Psalm a day right. for the until you run out. Yes. Or 119 is going to wear you down. Don't do the whole thing in one day. <laughs> but, okay, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? Anything you need the people to know? I, I know I have... That was fun. Do we give them? Do we tell them that we're trying to get you to build a podcast so that you can get some external <laughs> pressure as well as internal? I think that was external pressure just there. <laughs> okay, right? good. Okay, good. We're working on it. We're working. We have everything we need. Just need, we do. need you. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, the last question I always ask. Yeah. Because the show is called "That Sounds Fun." Yeah. Tell me what y'all are doing Man. for fun these days. You know, we've got a uh, we've got a back porch. Oh, it's and, so uh, beautiful. Uh, that was that was the that was the gift in the quarantine is to be out on that yeah. on the back porch and it's yeah. like a fireplace. And I'll tell you something that sounds fun. This is kind of crazy, but okay. I ordered uh, Matt Singleton, who yeah, you had yeah. on the podcast. He shared with me. He yesterday. was our Enneagram four in twenty nineteen, Ennea Summer. Okay, Enneagram four. Well, he shared with me, he was like, Hey, they have this Kentucky fried chicken uh what? Um, yeah, fire log. And um <laughs> what? he showed it to me yesterday and it smells like fried chicken. <laughs> 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 did so, you order one? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, I didn't tell anybody. I just ordered it. Now I told everybody. But I can't wait. I'm going to get that thing, and I'm going to put it on the fire. And they're not going to know. The well, kids aren't going to know. Well, they, the kids are going to be, what's that smell? We won't be able to smell it anyway. <laughs> That's right. That's so right. Much. We'll be fine either way. <laughs> but I'm like, man, I'm so excited about a KFC uh, fire log on the back. That sounds like fun to me. Yeah. On the back porch. And, and it, so it just smells like chicken. <laughs> it smells like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing. Man. Humans are so interesting. Are. Whoever created that, well done. Yeah, and whoever buys it, like, well, yeah. there were only three left. And I'm like, <laughs> That's, oh, right. That's right. That's uh, right. Uh, Kevin, thanks for doing this. Annie, thank I'm so you. grateful for your spiritual leadership in my life, my gracious, but also for here on the podcast. It it is such a gift to know that we have an authority mm. pastor for the podcast. It means a lot. Mm. So thank you for stepping into a role you didn't sign up for. Well, thank you, Annie, for the way that you. Lead when we uh, when we moved to Nashville, we had uh, we had we had no idea all that God had in store, and okay. I can't can't imagine this life any any other way. But grateful that we get to run together. Me too. Can you imagine? No. For our friends that they need to go back and listen that we knew each other in college in Georgia twenty something years ago, yeah. and now we get to do this. God, I couldn't yeah. have dreamed it up. No. Well yeah. done, God. Well, Merry Christmas. Thanks for doing this. Merry Christmas. Friends, isn't he the best? My goodness, so many good thoughts, so many good books for us to read. Just really, really grateful. You may be yelling at me for not warning you. It was a note-taking episode. My apologies. I'm just thinking of it right now as I'm recording. I'm sorry. It was a note-taking episode. I hope we're still friends and you'll stick around for the back half of the party next week. And make sure you follow Pastor Kevin. He's Kevin Queen on social media. If you don't already, tell him thank you for being on the show today and how much 
his words matter to you. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF. Like that sounds fun on YouTube. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Happy Sunday. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you back here tomorrow as the party continues for day eight of the 12 days of Christmas with the soothing voice of Christmas herself, Amy Grant. You guys, Amy Grant. I know. We'll see you tomorrow.